Well, we have some talented people, all kinds of different things, huh? We do. We've got so many talented people. That was absolutely awesome. Doing that again tomorrow? Good. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different this evening. Um, We're going to hear, over this course of the weekend, we're going to hear from about six or eight people. Uh, And that's really going to make up the the message, actually, this weekend. And I'm going to tell a bit of my story uh, as well. Um, Just before we begin, let me remind you, going back a couple, last couple messages. Remember, we we talked about... um, uh, initially, remember those circles we used to illustrate different kinds of people? And um, I, I want to remind you that the, as you set your heart as a believer to walk with the Lord, not just be a, a church attender, but I mean having a, a daily personal relationship with God. When you set your heart on that, he begins to bring your life into order. He begins to, remember the circle, the the one circle, everything was out of order, the dots were all over, and then the other circle, they were nice and neat. Well, that isn't meant to illustrate that your life is perfect. It's just meant to illustrate the change that begins to take place. And as you walk with the Lord, that chaos and that disorder and the, the confusion and the different things that come into our lives, the hurts and the wounds, they begin to get healed, and our life starts to become orderly. And, and as we do it God's way, we, that, that's why we need to learn a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And then you have the, you know, it says in the book of Acts that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. And that's power to live victoriously. That's power to overcome. That's why those first circle people, they're not really living with the power of God. They're, they're, they're approaching God more from an intellect. And, and when they hear a criticism, they tend to listen to it. Or when things go wrong, they tend to give in to it and all this type of thing. But when you are learning to respond to the presence of God, your life starts to become orderly. Uh, you begin to get more confidence and strength and faith and things begin to grow in your life. And next thing you know, you're beginning to believe God for things you, you never thought you could and just good things begin to happen. Those, those principles I was talking about, that, that desire brings faith. The next thing out of faith, you're, you're believing God for things and you've got a vision and, and, and your, your, your life just becomes more victorious. So I want to remind you, that's, that's the beginning and, and that's not a, a length of time. You could be saved one week or you could be saved 10 years. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's having that heart toward God to seek to please him and live for him in everything we do. Yeah. Now, when you have that, you get God's attention. Yeah. You really do. And his ways are better and things come together. And that's why um, you, you, your life gets better over time as you learn to do this. Now, last week, remember, we talked about involving yourself in what matters to God. Now, living for God and pleasing God, um, there are many things that matter to God. But the thing that I focused on last week was the, the, the fact that he said he's, he's going to build his church. He's focusing on kingdom, the kingdom of God being built, and his church being built, and his church representing him in such a way that it brings honor and glory to God. So part of our role as, as, as people is to set out to, to, to pursue what's important to God and bring honor to God and to make, to make Jesus great in our generation. Let people see him in, in a different way because the media and the skeptics, they portray him one way, but how many know that he's awesome? Well, you see, when you begin to live for him, you, you begin to put him first, his things first, the things that matter to him, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he will begin to intervene and intercept your life. That's what begins to happen. So when you show the Lord that I'm, I'm, I'm living for you, my life is getting more orderly, I have a heart to please you, and I'm pursuing your plan and your purpose, he begins to pursue your life. It begins to intervene in your life. And it's exciting because that's why I say Christianity is, should never be boring. We make it boring, not God. You start following with God, next thing you know, you're walking on water and seas are opening and and challenges are being put before you, and you're overcoming things and, and doing things that you never dreamt you would do when you begin to follow him and walk with him, and it all starts to, over time, get better. Then God has a plan for all of us. He, he will un, unfold things in your life. He will bring things your way. God will move on your behalf 
in ways that he will not move on the behalf of other people. Now, as a, as a Christian, as a, a person, you can get ahead two ways. You can try to get ahead without God, or you can try to get ahead with God. Now, listen, both can end up doing well in life as far as the natural things go, but only the one that seeks to please God can have the, the satisfaction of knowing that they're pleasing God. The, 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 the Bible says the blessing of God brings increase, but no sorrow with it. You don't have to lose your family over it. See what I mean? You don't have to, to, to give in to things in order to achieve what this world says is success. You achieve what God says is success, and you do it his way. So t- the, the, this evening and, and tomorrow, we're going to be asking some people to come up here, and they're going to share um, uh, a story. They've got a number, of, uh, a number of things they could share, but they're going to share some specific things, how God has come through for them. And all the people you're going to hear from tonight, they are people that are living this way. Their, their heart is after God. They seek to please God. They, they want to build the kingdom of God. And um, uh, you, you'll, you'll see from their stories how God, when they got involved in what interests him, he got involved with them. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to hear from some people tonight and hear their stories. I'm going to ask Jake and Ashley to come up first of all. I didn't bring that microphone. Ash, grab, grab one of those, the one, no, the other one, yeah. Okay, come on up. You got it? Check, check, okay. I got the power. Just oh. kidding. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, kind of not, but... Here we go. So <laughs> um, our story kind of starts out um, really just with um, God kind of proving himself to be a provider in our lives. There was a season of time um, when we were newly married and um, just like both working full-time jobs but really minimum wage. Um, the building fund had come up at that time, so we pledged our amount and started giving to that faithfully. We had both started serving really in not intensely, but just started serving in a lot of different areas within the church. Both of us became C group leaders around that time. And so we were really just focused on God. Um, and then September rolls around the year after we got married, and I thought I was pregnant, which was really exciting for me, but not so exciting for this guy. <laughs> not because he didn't want a, a child, but um, because there were just things that we were lacking. We didn't have a car. We were driving around in his work truck at the time. Um, we, there were certain things we kind of wanted at home that we didn't have, like a computer and a computer desk and a computer chair and a bunch of like little things that seemed like little things, but were kind of important to us. Right. So, um, when I thought I was pregnant and was telling him, he, he was sort of excited because he knew I was excited, but kind of was like underlying like, okay, now I got to provide for my kid and my wife. Um, so yeah, long story short, I wasn't actually pregnant. I'll let Jake share some more. See, I remember exactly where I was standing when she told me, she's like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> like in my head, I'm thinking like at the time I made, I was making $12 an hour and I don't even have a vehicle to put this kid in. Right. And I'm just thinking like, what does that mean? We got to start busting a church and like, all these things that are going through my mind. And at that time, we are. We are giving substantially above and beyond in our, our building fund. And um, so there was a two-month period in between when she, that had happened. She tells me we're, we're no longer pregnant. And there's a couple things that came out of my mouth. One was, I, we don't even have a vehicle. The other one is, I was just, I wanted to buy a computer. A silly thing, but it was like, I wanted to buy a computer, but now I can't buy a computer. i got to put everything away for this kid. And silly Silly, silly thoughts. Well, literally, over a two- to three-month period, we got uh, blessed with a vehicle that was worth about $6,000. I had an insurance that I had to pay off from when I lived in London, but when I was not so holy, and I just kind of dodged the bill. <laughs> it was about a $500 bill, where a year prior to that, I had called, looked about getting a vehicle, and it was still substanding, and I had to pay it before I could get insured. Um, well, when I got this vehicle, I called to pay that, $500, and it didn't exist. Like, it wasn't on their account. I'm like, no, I, I talked to you guys a year ago. I'm trying to be honest here. No, no, it doesn't exist. If it's not in our system, you can't pay it. I went to go and pay rent, uh, which was $750 at the time for our apartment, and the landlord's like, 
no, you've already paid for this month. And I'm like, and as much as I want to say I have, I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm like, can you please go and check? And she's like, oh, well, she gets back a hold of me. She's like, no, nope, it's paid. I'm like, okay, sweet. I went, somebody blessed me with a computer in this time. I'm not putting it all together, but I got blessed with this really sweet computer in that time. I was at a job, and uh, the gentleman was like, hey, man, I got this computer chair. You know anyone that needs it? I'm like, I'll take a computer chair. <laughs> I bring it home. Not putting it all together, right? It's just one after another after another. I went to go buy a desk for the computer at Staples. As I'm walking out, the manager's like, oh, that's on clearance. And we got it for like 20 bucks. I was expecting to pay like 100 or whatever it was. The, right down to the little details, where I went to my mom's house, and I literally told Ash, I'm like, we got this computer room now, and there's a fire escape in our apartment that goes right by this computer, and there's no curtains. I'm like, we got to put curtains up, or it's going to get stolen. And we were kind of living in the ghetto at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went to my mom's house, and she's like, I was at Zeller's or whatever it was, and she's like, there was a discount on all these blinds, and I just couldn't help but buy them. She's like, could you use these? They were the exact dimension for the window in the computer room, right? And uh, there was many other things. Honestly, I needed a pair of winter boots. I went to my friend's house. He's like, I got these extra boots, my size, Timberlands at the time. I was into that kind of uh, style. I loved them. <laughs> thought they were super cool. <laughs> yeah. But it was ongoing. I ended up adding it up at the end of it all happening. And it was like around $10,000 worth of stuff, which was a little over double what we'd pledged at that time, making minimum wage. And um, I remember the next time, it was like slow motion, like three months later, I'm not putting all this together. And Ashley actually is pregnant. And she comes to me, she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm so excited. And it was like slow-mo. It was like, God was like, remember the car, the computer, the this, like all these reasons that were in your mind. Like it was like, it was like the slow one. I was like, I had time to react properly. I was like, yay, <laughs> like, we're pregnant. And um, God said to me then and has always proven to be, he's like, I'm your provider. I got you. And before we, I'll, a fast track after that, guys, God, honestly, God has continued to be faithful. We got a townhouse to move into out of that apartment before our son was born and I got a new job. Next time when Nevaeh came along, I had another new job, which was another increase, and we had an opportunity to buy a home way before we were able to. And then, uh, so then every time I, I, and a need came, a child came, God increased my job. So last time when I got a job at Naylor, I was like almost, you're not pregnant, are you? Because <laughs> I, I got this great job opportunity, and God has continued to bless. As I've pursued, served in the house of God, I pursued my education. My wife supported me on the home front to do education, night school. I've did my part. He has continually opened doors and provide, provided, and we are blessed. Started from minimum wage to no vehicle. Do you know what I mean? And now we're very blessed. We're very blessed. God is faithful. Awesome, guys. All right, wasn't that awesome? Listening to Jake and Ashley, they just, they got radically saved. And uh, you got to get them to, to, to get them to tell their story if you don't know them. If you don't know their story, get them some time, go to the cafe, sit down to talk, and uh, hear how the Lord got a hold of them. And um, from the time they received the Lord, they've just been radical, on fire, going for God. And, um, and you just heard some of the ways that that God has responded to that lifestyle, to that commitment they've made, and you see how God responds. And, and keep, it, keep in mind, see, some people listen, they say, well, that, that was coincidental. God uses people. Okay? He said, you know, give, it'll be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will man give into your bosom? People, you know, God uses people. The, how, how many know that the, the, the money and things just don't fall out of the sky? Right? It, so he uses people. So don't, don't be deceived into thinking, well, that's all coincidental. A number of coincidences taking place. Um, it's the hand of God begins to move and show favor when we respond properly to him. He begins to respond properly to us. It's awesome. And you got to hear their story. Get, go and talk to them sometime and just hear how they, they um, got saved and how the Lord got a hold of, of them. Okay? Uh, next, I want to ask Jason and Mary to come on up. And I'm not seeing Mary, but I'm seeing Jason. Way over there. Okay.
no, we didn't have a fight. She's sitting with a friend. Don't worry. Don't judge. I served. Yeah. <laughs> we had a great afternoon. So fun. Well, um, we just want to share a little bit of our story and how um, God was really generous with us. Um, but before we get to the generous part, there was a lot of giving that was taking place as well. And over the course of the years, when we this is now going way back, uh, when the kids were really tiny, they're still small, but really tiny, um, we had a desire in our heart to go to Italy, and we had planned to go with our in-laws and sister-in-law and brother-in-law um, several years ago. And we felt over and over and over that every time we had just enough, it was like, time to give to the building fund. We're like, okay, God, it's yours. <laughs> Italy will come one day. <laughs> And um, just, but we always had it in our heart that we would continuously give to the building fund, whether we were in a season of having to raise money for the church or not. It was just something that um, God really put on our hearts to say, will you always believe for growth and will you always believe for expansion of the kingdom of God in Hamilton? And it was something that we had both said yes to. Um, And there was a, a, we were, we bought our first home down uh, downtown and it was a small home and we had three kids and our backyard was like four concrete squares like just really tiny and the kids uh, would ride their bicycles in circles just these tiny little circles and they would get dizzy because it's such a tight backyard and we were believing God for a new home and but we knew that um, we were supposed to stay in the neighborhood that we were at and when things came up and they, we were outbid and we would just realized this is the home that we were going to stay in. And so we started to make some arrangements to, just to make the house a little bit better. But it was in that season that God said, he said to me, and then I spoke to him after, he's like, I need you to give 20000 I was like, what? <laughs> 20000 is a lot of money, especially when you have three kids, you're just coming off mat leave. And I was like, God, I don't know how we're going to come up with $20,000. we are not selling our house. Like, nothing's happening, God. I'm like, where are we going to get $20,000? And then I, we were laying in bed one night, and I remember looking over at him and saying, hey, has God spoken to you recently? And he's like, yeah, why? I'm like, mm, did he say we got to give $20,000? He's like, uh-huh. And I'll let him share the other half. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a giant stretching amount. That last pledge drive we did was to be paid back over a few years. So we were thinking, okay, God, let's see what you can do here. So we got to that point of deciding we're just going to stay in our house where we were, renovate it, you know, even with the limitations and small size, uh, fix the basement up and add a bit more space. And we were going to pull some money out of it at the same time when our mortgage came out to help pay our pledge, right? We thought there's got to be a way we can do this. God God spoke to us both this amount of money. So the papers are getting signed, like the week is upon us where we're going to remortgage. And like the day before, actually it was already probably past the day because the bank was hassling me. And Craig, our, uh, one of our resident uh, real estate agents here, he calls us and says, hey, I got a house you guys might want to look at over on Peter Street. And we're like, ah, no, that's fine. We've been looking for years. Nothing's going to work. Like, don't worry about it. No, come take a look. So we went over and we looked and we walked through. And we realized, like, hey, this, this might work. And so we kept holding off the bank, who was itching for us to remortgage. And we were going to, you know, pull the money out to do some basement renos and give the pledge. Long story short, uh, this home uh, was available. We put an offer in. Uh, and they, they sent us back a counteroffer. And when they sent us back the counteroffer, uh, somebody else tried to come along and bump us. But we still had the, you know, authority there because we actually had an offer. So we just, we took it. It was a good price. We signed it. We were able to, so something that 20000 was a huge stretch, uh, right? And us not knowing how it would happen. The way God works is he ended up at the last minute opening up a door for a great new house where we still live and we absolutely love. It just meets our needs and then some. It's a huge, huge blessing. Every time we're sitting in that backyard, I just said to her last week, can you believe this is our backyard? We were so used to that little patio, you know, with no space. We got a new home, we were able to pay the $20,000 pledge, and we were able to uh, pay the rest that was owing on our uh, van, uh, and then, of course, still have the rest as a down payment for this new home. So all within just this one door God opened, 
did something that brought an amount that was out of uh, our you know realm of ability to maybe um, you know just save up week by week. We were going to need the whole four years. We were able to pay it off quickly, buy the van quickly, move into a new home, and so we decided to keep on giving to the building fund, and we haven't actually stopped since then. Uh, we give a we give a small amount every single month, uh, but it was pretty cool to watch God open up a door for all of this to happen uh, just by one real estate opportunity happening that we weren't even looking for anymore, uh, and God all of a sudden dropped it in our lap, literally right at the last minute. He forgot to tell you something super cool, because our house is small, and our neighborhood wasn't like the it neighborhood yet, and so what happened was that we were able to sell our very small three-bedroom home for the highest amount per square foot Mm -hmm. in our neighborhood ever at that time. And so all of this came out of the equity of what we had earned. So that was awesome. Isn't that awesome? You know, you, 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 in faith, you say, Lord, this is what I believe you put on my heart. This is what I'm going to do for you. And then he surprises you somehow. You're going to see it happens, happens different ways. Jake and Ashley's story, a little bit different than Jason and Mary's story. But you see the provision of God. You see the hand of God. And, um, and it also messed up a vacation to Italy. <laughs> but God is good, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask Les and Linda to come on up. They've got a great story. So are you encouraged yet? Um, Our story starts um, on on the New Year's Eve service, I believe it was 2004. Uh, Pastor Bob was uh, uh, sharing uh, the vision he felt for the church for the coming year. And uh, in his message, he was telling us about uh, uh, how in the spring he was going to do a series of messages on uh, giving, And at the end, they were going to be giving out uh, the cards for everybody to fill in to pledge over a three- or four-year period. Kind of similar to what we're doing now, I think, right? But um, while he's saying that, um, I felt the Holy Spirit just drop this large number on my heart that I kind of gulped and and thought, well, all right, Lord, I'm just going to put that to the side. I'm not going to say anything to Linda right now. I'm just going to wait and see. (laughs) And uh, so... Um, when May came, Pastor Bob started doing his messages and, and went through them. Uh, on, on the final Sunday, they passed out the cards. And, and uh, when we got in the car, uh, Linda and I started talking on the way home because we had to put the cards in the following week. So on, on the way home, we just started talking. And, and Linda said, you know, do you feel that the Holy Spirit said anything to you yet? And I said, yeah. And uh, she says, how much? So when I told her, uh, it was double what she'd thought. And uh, so we decided that we would take that week, we would pray together a lot, we would pray on our own, and and we needed to get some confirmation. Um, So um, all the way through, every every morning I would be praying on my own, and I'd go, you know, like, Holy Spirit, I really need to know, and um, you know what I heard? Like, crickets, nothing. And I was starting to panic, because I'm thinking, like, you know, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, on the Friday morning, I... um, I sat down to pray in the morning, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm going, Lord, I really need confirmation. I really need to know what it is you want us to do. Um, so I heard two words, or two things from the Holy Spirit. First was, I already told you, back in January, in December. The second was, you know, do you want this blessing? Blessing, meaning the higher or the lower amount. So that was my confirmation. Okay, so when Les told me the amount that he felt that God had dropped in his heart, um, I thought, you know what, I really need a confirmation for myself. I really need God to give me a word because I didn't want there to be any doubts, and I wanted there to be a real unity in what we pledged. Now, um, we decided not to share the amount with you guys because it's really, um, you know, it's, it's all relative. Like, what's large, it was a very large amount for us and really challenging for us, and it was actually an amount that we wouldn't be able to fulfill on our own. But it might not be that large to you or, you know, so that's why we decided not to share the amount. Um, so 
for those of you who don't know us, Les is um, a construction contractor. He has his own business. So when you have your own business, there's no guarantees. You know, we have no pension plan. We have no benefit plan. We don't have any guaranteed salary. We have always been totally dependent upon God. And God has always been faithful and he's always provided for us. So I told Les, I said, I just want to pray and I want a confirmation. So I started praying and I said, God, you, I need a word. I need a word. I need something tangible so that I won't have any doubts after. So God gave me the coolest scripture. I had never, ever noticed the scripture before. I'm praying one morning and it just leapt off the page at me. And it's Isaiah 45, 3. <clears throat> I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. So when I, I knew, I knew when I read that, I said, thank you, God, I know, and I know that you will make a way. So I told Les, I said, I told him the scripture, I told him what God has spoke to me, and um, we decided at that time that we did not want to take four years to... Um, to make our pledge or to fulfill the pledge. So we agreed that as extra money came in, we didn't know how God was going to do it. We didn't know what was going to happen, but we really believed that God was asking us to pledge this amount and that God would make a way. So we thought as the money comes in, we're going to give it to the building pledge because we want to get it paid off as soon as possible. Uh, so once we put in that pledge on, Sunday, on the following Sunday, um, my, my business really transformed Turned, turned around a lot. And actually, it was just as we were uh, worshiping tonight, there was that um, uh, vo- uh, the, uh, line in that one song that said that uh, uh, he split the sea so we could walk right through it. And that, to me, kind of felt just like it was what was happening to us, right? It was, it was opportunities. So just a very short time after that, um, within weeks, I ran into an old acquaintance um, that I hadn't seen in a long time um, who passed my name along to a couple that we're looking to get renovation work done. Um, this couple uh, just happened to have a lot of, um, of um, uh, good friends that were looking to have work done as well, and they passed my name along, and it opened the door for me to have a, a number of really good um, higher-end jobs, uh, which actually enabled us to pay off our full four-year pledge uh, in, the, in nine months. Yeah, so... Awesome. Thanks, guys. Isn't that awesome? I remember that um, when that happened. You know, um, I, I, I don't want this in any way to sound like um, it's a deal you make with God, and I'll do this, and, you know, Lord, I'll do this, and you do this. It's not. It's a life of faith. It's a life of trusting God. It's learning, listen, it's learning how to, how to live and be charactered. Uh, um, uh, all these couples, hardworking, faithful couples, you know, handling their, the, the lives of their, uh, the affairs of their life with wisdom and character and integrity. So it's, it's learning how to live for God and get your, your, your life starts to get more in order. Faith begins to grow. You know, vision starts to happen in your life. And, and you take those steps of faith. And uh, as you're living for God, God has a way of coming through. And I know there's many more here. We're going to hear from different people tomorrow. Uh, there's many who have had their own experiences and different things have happened. But what I wanted you to see this, week, uh, this weekend, and I'm going to share a little bit from my own story here, is that God works. The Word of God works. The Spirit of God works. When you, when you have a relationship with God, life begins to change. And, and I, I know I can speak for myself. I went from this long-haired, drug-doing hippie, and God's got me at a place now I never, ever dreamt my life would be like this. Never dreamt it, it, at any time. But when God gets a hold of you and you give him an opportunity, the things that can happen are amazing, and the way he'll come through for you are amazing. Now, <clears throat> it's not without a challenge. It's not without, you know, a little bit of scary times and difficult times and whatnot, but he'll come through because he said he would. He said he would when, when we're faithful. And I'm, I'm going to just try to quickly here. I want to run through a little bit of a situation that it, it's kind of our life journey as it relates to houses. Okay? God has been good to 
um, uh, Joanna and I, with houses. And, um, and Craig and Colleen, by the way, I'd highly recommend them at any time as your real estate agents. They do a great job. And we've used them all the time for years now for our whole uh, life since we've known them. And, um, but I want, I want you to see, this will give you maybe a, a little bit of a, a, a bigger picture. Um, but I want you to see it's, it's struggles you have to overcome. Good things happen. You do your part. God does his part. Amen? And uh, I remember back, uh, I think it was in the 80s, the first house that we ever bought, we ended up losing and having to walk away from because mortgage rates went up to over 20%. And we were just going to carry it. And at the time, many people were losing their homes back then uh, when it happened. And, uh, uh, and we tried renting it, couldn't get enough rent to pay for it. And uh, so we just had to walk away from it. Now, I, I want to say this uh, to preface the whole thing. My wife and I have always tithed. We've always given over and above. We've always served in the church. We've always given to building funds. Um, um, you know, being the pastor, you're not exempt from this stuff. You're like everybody else. You live like everybody else. And uh, we've always been faithful to these things. I can remember one time, you know, we were giving faithfully, but went through a difficult time and actually had to receive groceries from the church. But we kept on giving what we had and did what we could do. So I want you to see it. it it's not always easy. It, it, it develops your character, your integrity, your faith, but God always comes through. Okay? So I wanted to preface everything with that. So we get this house. I've seen people get bummed out and stop serving God because they were disappointed over losing a house. Uh, but we lost, we lost a house. From there, we bought a house down in the, in the Rosedale area. Now, this was a really unique situation. It was a, a, a nice um, one-and-a-half-story house. A unique thing about this house, do um, you know what like a, a mobile home looks like? A permanent one, not, not, not like a trailer, but the permanent ones. Well, imagine a small mobile home in your backyard. So in other words, my backyard was, we had a shared driveway, and... Um, so we had our house was in the front, a one-and-a-half-story uh, house. And at the back of the driveway, straight down the driveway, was this other house in our backyard. And we had a, a narrow backyard. There was a fence. And then on the other side of the fence, they had a narrow front yard. And then there was this about the size of a small mobile home in my backyard. There was a separate lot, a separate ownership, separate everything. So when we bought it, we knew that there was a, at the time, this older guy by himself, living in the house. And I remember saying to, to Joanne, you know, I'd really like to get a hold of that one day for renting purposes so that we can kind of control who's living in our backyard. Okay? It'd be nice to know who's, who's there. And um, we ended up, it's a long story, I can't tell you the whole thing, but we ended up getting that house, I think, for nine or $11,000. Okay? I, <laughs> it's a long story. But um, we ended up getting the house. We were able to rent it out to people in the church, and, um, and uh, we always, so we knew who was living there. Well, we sold that house and did well on that house, made some, made some money on that house, and moved up to the East Mountain and, and bought, a, bought a house. Now, we've, we're not living there anymore. You know in the Hamilton Spectator on the weekends, they have the, the home section, right? And you, they usually have a, on, on that, it's inside the paper, right? And they usually have a picture of a nice model home or something that they're, advertising that weekend, and, um, and so I, I opened the, and it's always these beautiful homes, they're on the home page, when you open up the spectator, and there's all the home section, with this beautiful home on the, on the front cover, and I look at it one day, and lo and behold, there's my mobile home, on the front page of the Hamilton Spectator, home section, I'm thinking to myself, how did it make the front page of the the home section. So I go in and read the article and why it made the front page of the home section. It was listed as the cheapest home in the city of Hamilton. <laughs> the cheapest home in the city of Hamilton. So I can say I at one time was the proud owner of the cheapest house in the city of Hamilton. Okay? And like a friend used to say to me all the time, his favorite verse he used to quote all the time, he said, despise not the day of small beginnings. Okay? So we did well. We, we, we did well on that house, made, made a little bit of money and did well. We were happy. Moved into the East Mountain. In six years, uh, living on the, the East Mountain house we were in, it was a small, 
only about a, a 900 square foot backsplit house on the East Mountain. But we doubled our money. In six years, we sold the house for twice what we paid for it. So that really helped a lot. That, that was a big help. But in selling it, we, we bought a house on the, the, central, the central mountain. That Actually, Brad and Nikki, we didn't sell it to Brad and Nikki. The people that we sold it to, Brad and Nikki just bought it from the identical house, the same house, on this, in the central mountain. Now, what had happened, just to kind of show you, the, 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 to me, the hand of God in things, um, Danny Benia, who's going to be with us next weekend, was here. And at the time, he was living in New York City, and we, got, we, got, we had some free time on a Saturday morning trying to figure out what to do. And he said, well, what we, let's go around and look at some open houses. I'd like to see what the difference um, in the cost of housing is here compared to New York City. Okay, that was our reason for going out. My wife and I weren't looking for a house. We weren't shopping for a house. We, were just, we had some time to kill. The girls were going to go and do something. So we went out to look at some houses just so he could compare prices between here and New York City. Well, we go to this house on the Central Mountain. And uh, real nice, real nice two-story home. Way nicer than I can afford. Way, way nicer than what I'm living in. And we go into the house and kind of look around. And we saw a brochure so we could see how much... Um, they were asking for it because he wanted to find out the prices. We went walking out of the house, and we get outside um, on the, into the front sidewalk, walking away. And the real estate agent literally came running out the door because she was busy with somebody else when we were there. So we're walking toward the car now. She came running out the door behind us and said, just wait, wait, let me explain to you the deal that the builder is offering on the house. I said, well, I'm, we're not interested. Well, she said, no, let me give it to you. Let me explain it to you. So she explained, and as she explained it, now this house was way bigger, way nicer, brand new, just a new, newly, it was going to be a new build, nicer than anything I ever thought I'd be able to own. And she explained it to me, and I'm not saying anything to Danny, but I'm thinking to myself, I can do this. And I went home, and it kind of shook me up a little bit. I went, I went home. Joanne was home, and I took her aside. I said, i got to tell you something. I just saw this beautiful, nice house, and we can afford it. We're not even looking for a house. We can afford it. And we ended up moving into that house because a great deal that the builder was offering. We got into that house, ended up living in that house for about 23 years. That's the main house that we raised our, our children in. Um, we did okay at the end, we, as far as the, the, the resale, we, we, we did okay. Nothing spectacular, but it turned out to be just a great house to live in for all those years. And my point is, we weren't looking. We weren't looking at all. We were, I was walking away when she came running out. I said, I'm not interested. And she forced the brochure on me and explained what the, what the builder um, uh, was doing. So you see, that's how, how God can use people to intervene your life. To come and intercept, I'm trying to get away, and she intercepts us, and that's how God can do things in order to, to provide for you, and, and it's a house I never thought I could get in, but we were able to get in. Now, we lived there for 23 years. Um, we wanted to downsize. When we looked at downsizing, everything was too expensive. So then we started looking. We wanted to downsize. We wanted to get something cheaper and just started to simplify things a bit. And uh, we couldn't, so as we looked around, we, we came across a house. I, I was driving down the street one day and saw a sign, so I asked Craig and Colleen to look into it. And it was a, a, a foreclosure. The bank owned it, and it was a foreclosure, and it turned out to be a five-bedroom house, bigger than, way bigger than what we wanted. But it was such a good deal. We got such a good deal on it. We put in an offer, and we got that house and um, lived there for about six or seven or eight years or something. We sold it, made some good money, and um, uh, we're able to get out of that and into where we presently live. Oh, oh by the way, in, in the process, in, in between all of that, all of that, because of doing good on houses and being able to, to make some money and then put more down on a house and keep the mortgage uh, manageable, we were able to buy a house in Florida, down in South Florida, at the time when the real estate market, remember in the States they had their, more, their, their housing crisis? Well, I got in at the end of that. And I was able to buy a house, a beautiful place, a few-minute walk from the ocean in a great, in, in northern Palm Beach County. Palm Beach County 
is, uh, I heard, is the most expensive. There's more wealth in Palm Beach County than anywhere in the U.S. And we were able to buy this neat little townhouse at a very affordable price uh, at the time because prices had fallen dramatically. So we were able to get it at a really good deal, and the Canadian dollar was on par. Right? So it was affordable. We just put the extra money on our, on our mortgage and had no mortgage down there and worked at paying it off at this end. And we had that for a little over five years. The reason we got rid of it is when we were trying to move into where we are now, we had nowhere to live for a while, so we moved down there and, and lived there. And while we were down there, one day I, I said to my wife, you know, I, I did the math, because what had happened, the house had now gone up considerably in price in the complex we were living in. We could see what they were selling for. And it had gone up considerably in price. And now there was a 40% difference on the Canadian dollar. So in other words, when we bought it, a dollar was a dollar. But now if we were going to sell it, a dollar U.S. would have meant a dollar 40 Canadian. And I did the math one day and I said to my wife, this is what we're looking at. And we had no alternative but to sell it because it turned out to be the absolute best investment I've ever made in my life in five years. Now, we weren't really looking as a friend who lived down there, kept on, used to be after us all the time. Why don't you look down here? Why don't you buy something here? Why don't you buy something here? And we finally went and looked when there was the housing crisis, and it turned out to be just a super, super financial blessing. Now, we sold the place here in Hamilton. We had extra money from there, from selling that place. We were able to move into a condo that we presently live in. I love living in a condo. <laughs> I go into people's backyards and it's nice and, you know, uh, mowed and watered and no weeds and flowers and it looks so great. It looks so awesome. And my first thought is, am I glad I don't have to do this anymore? <laughs> I'm free. I'm no snow to worry about. I mean, it is wonderful. But not only is living in a condo, are we really, really enjoying it? Um, it is probably the nicest condo building in Hamilton. I've had numbers of people who've come in and said, this is unbelievable. Okay? Here, here's quickly what, what had happened. Before we bought it, we were in the other place. We wanted to move into a more walkable, you know, we're getting ready for retirement time and slowing down. And we wanted to get into a more walkable neighborhood and, and just where, where life would be a little bit simplified. Okay? So the areas I was thinking of was down in uh, the um, Aberdeen area, Locke area. We, we looked out in um, uh, Westdale, uh, this side of, uh, of um, Mac, this side of, you know, by the little downtown Westdale area there, whatever you call that. So we looked out in Westdale. For about one year, we looked. Craig um, estimated that he showed us about 50 houses. And so what was happening, I was in the habit, you know, every day I'd run through the new listings that come out. If I spot something, give Craig a call, we'd go out and look at it. Now, during that time, we, like you said, we probably went through about 50 houses. We wanted to get down into those areas. But Hamilton real estate market had begun to really move forward. And it really turned out to be that the two main areas we were looking at initially was Rosedale or Westdale and Aberdeen. Well, those were two of the hottest areas in Hamilton. And every house we were looking at was overpriced. Everything was. We knew it, but we wanted to get down into that area. Took us to about 50 houses. We put in offers on five houses and lost every one of them in a year. So I got to the point, I said to my wife, we got to stop this. I can't take this anymore. There's too much time. Too, it's too draining. I'm looking at these listings, going out, offers, you know, the whole thing. It just, it's getting to be too much. So let's take a break from house searching for a while, okay? Let's just knock it off for a while. And kind of when I'm kind of refueled, we'll maybe get back into it, but let's stop. So that was the conversation we had, and we, and we stopped looking. So um, one night, I, 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 uh, I couldn't sleep, and I, so I woke up, and two, one, two, whatever it was. And so I went to the computer. And for a year, I, I've been looking at listings. I open up the multiple listings. I look at That's what I've been doing for a year. So just, I wasn't going to look anymore, but just out of habit, I thought, well, let's look and see what's there. 
and I open it up. Now, we've been looking down the mountain the whole time. So we looked. I, I saw something that was more uh, too expensive for me, but it looked really neat, a, a building right on the, on the mountain brow, right by Upper Wentworth and Concession, right on the brow. So I told Joanne the next day, we should go and look at this. It really looks nice. We'll get some ideas. Based on the listing, it's way more than we can afford, but let's just go. This will be the last one that we look at, uh, you know, and let's just get some ideas about what's available there. Well, we go over, and it turns out that the owner of the building had, it had been sitting mostly empty for about five, six years, only had about of 20 units, only five had been sold, and he had he wanted to sell all the units, so he dramatically lowered the price on everything. I mean, cutting in half. I mean, dramatic. Lowered the price. He's about an 82-year-old guy. I guess he wanted to get things fixed up, get his life, you know, just get things in order financially. And he'd been carrying it. The guy's a multimillionaire. He'd been paying for the building himself for about five, six, seven years. And I guess he wanted to get it in order. And we were there the very first weekend. So I remember saying to Craig, Boy, is there any chance that they would come down on, on the price? Because this was pretty nice, and we never thought a condo, but it, it met, checked off all the boxes that my wife wanted. There were certain things that she wouldn't do without. It had them all, and most condo, well, no condo had up until then. So I said to Craig, any chance they might lower the price? Uh, he said, yeah, they'll lower it all right. And he told me, he had talked to the guy, and he told me what they were offering. And we were able to get it for about half price, and, um, and then we had to build it ourselves. The, the, it was just a shell, but then we, we were able to build it. And um, so we, we got this beautiful condo that we really weren't even looking for, right on the mountain brow that when we look out our front window, we have a 180-degree view of the city of Hamilton right across to Toronto. And 2,400 square feet, a beautiful house, a beautiful place. We love it. And we weren't even really looking. Okay, I, it, I found it because I couldn't sleep one night. Right? And just out of habit, I went to those multiple listings. So... What I want you to see, that's more of kind of a life journey from a real estate perspective, how, how God just helped us in different ways. And some turned out really, really, really well for us. And, and God has the way of just leading you to those things and doing those things to help meet your needs and to help care for you when you take care of his business. So we're just trying to encourage you in this. This is about your life. It's about money. It's about our time. It's about the way we use our time. It's just how we live, and are we living to please God? And when we do, he will do amazing things. And I know there's many of you who have got stories you can stand up here and tell right now. Um, and there's only so many we could pick to do this this weekend. But I want to encourage all of you. Uh, we're we're going to, as a matter of fact, tonight we, we had... Um, we're not going to do these right now, but we have pledge cards made up, and they're in the pocket in the chair in front of you. I'd encourage you to take one of these, and just like Les and Linda did that time, take and pray about it. Now, we're going to give you a bit of a guideline. If we could ever, now, we're not going to fill these out now. We're going to receive these, encourage you to hand these in in a couple weeks' time, okay? So you've got time. We, um, on, the, on the card... I know it says um, a pledge to be made that we pay, would be paid by December 31st of this year. Uh, the reality is, because things are being delayed a little bit with the building, um, it, can go, it, it can be put off until, uh, say, a year from now, June, next June. So anywhere between now and the next year is what we're looking at. So whatever pledge you would make, it's can we pay this, we, you know, we're committing to pay this within that one-year period, Okay. We're going to aim at December, but if it goes a bit later, uh, that won't hurt things either. We just want to have enough there to put down, uh, to give to the bank. So what we want to do is not, and we'll explain more of this in a couple of weeks, we don't want to use the full amount the bank has committed to us because that equals mortgage. So the less of their money we can use, the smaller our mortgage is. And I'll share some things with you in, in a couple of weeks, but we could pay off uh, like an $800,000 mortgage in a few years. We'll have it paid off. And then, the, and I'll, I'll explain in a couple of years, but then the church will be sitting on millions of dollars of real estate with no mortgages on anything with a great future. Okay, and I'll explain that in detail uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, so we'd like you to pray about this. I want to give you maybe a guideline. You know, if every couple or every family unit, every last name, if we can average $2,000, we would be in great shape. 
2,000, that's not, a, that's not a real lot. We would be in great shape. Now, what I'm saying there, just like Les and Linda said, some people, you know, you might, you, you might be able to put in 50,000. You might only be able to put in 300. What matters is faith. That's the issue. It's all about faith. It's all about walking with God and trusting God. We're, we're not trying to get money from you. We want you to respond to God, but you believe God would put on your heart to help out with the, the building of the building down by Gage Park. Okay? And so it's what you can do. Remember, remember the widow's might? She put that, the little bit she had, and Jesus says she gave more than all the people that put in a lot more money because she gave everything she had. She, she gave the bit that she had. So just, you know, pray about it. Pray what would be a, a something God would put on your heart that you believe God, that you could do, and we'll look at collecting these in a couple weeks' time. Okay? Um, but we're going to believe God that just like today we went down and did that outreach and that activity down there in Gage Park, uh, we're going to be able to go down into that community, into that neighborhood, and we're going to be able to have an impact and see some really good things happen down in that part of the city. Okay? And then one day we're going to believe God will get a building built, be kind of like a home base. We'll, we'll maybe get rid of this one and get a home base out here on the east end. We own 18 acres on Pritchard. All paid for. Okay? Um, Come out in two weeks' time. If you're not in the habit of coming out every week, don't miss two weeks' time. Don't miss next. Danny and Giselle are awesome. Don't miss Danny and Giselle. But then come out the week after. Because, you know, one, one thing we've managed to do over the, the years here, when I took over, we had about 50000 in debt, and today we have about $10 million in equity. And we'll do the same thing again with that building down there, and it doesn't, you know, it's, it's relatively painless. <laughs> not totally. Just relatively, okay? But when you got faith and God comes through, that's when it gets exciting. You with me there? So I hope these real-life stories have helped you a little bit to try to connect the principles I was teaching over the last couple weeks. And I hope it just can inspire your faith a little bit. And as, you know, all of us do what we can do, and then we believe that God does what we can't do. Amen? That's how, that's how we approach it. We do our part. God does the rest. And uh, so we have to do uh, what we're able to do, okay? So let's bow our heads. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for uh, all you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for your hand upon us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit in us. We thank you that you loved us enough to to die on that cross and, and give your life for us. And Lord, there's so much that you've done, and you've been so generous and so kind to people Lord, we, we just pray that a spirit of faith would rise up in our, in, in, in our lives, in the church here, Lord, that we could continue to do more in order to glorify your name. Jesus, our motive and our desire is to make your name great, to make your name known. We want to bring honor to you and glory to you. And, uh, Father, we just pray that from the, uh, the uh, Carnival Engage Park today, Lord, we pray that you would touch lives and touch hearts. Lord, just soften and draw uh, men and women to yourself, that they would come to know you. Lord, they would experience the, the joy of salvation, the peace of salvation, the new life that comes with knowing you. Lord, we pray for those thousand plus people that came through today. And we ask you right now by your Holy Spirit that you would go and, and minister and touch lives and touch hearts. Lord, we, we just want to do what we can to impact um, uh, people for you and introduce people to you. And we just pray your, your blessing upon this building project and that faith would rise in our hearts and in our lives. And if you don't mind keeping your head bowed just for a moment, I'm, I'm going to do this tonight.